Welcome to Beyond the Ivory Tower, Conversations on Journalism, with Sandra Banyats and Phoebe Maris. Hi, I'm Phoebe. And my name is Sandra. And you're listening to Beyond the Ivory Tower, Conversations on Journalism a podcast series where we want to talk about current research in journalism and today we're talking about local news in Norway. Now, as you might have noticed, uh, it took us some time to produce this episode. Yeah, life happens. You know, i.e. deadlines. Uh, but in any case, we are very happy to be back and we hope that you enjoy today's episode. So earlier this year, we spoke with Birgit Rö-Mathisen, Associate Professor at Nordi University in Norway. While she was here at the ICREA Journalism Studies Section Conference in Vienna. And there she presented a paper on news and audience participation in local regions. Uh, my name is Birgit Rømathisen, uh, and I came, come from Nord University in uh, Norway. It's in the northern part of uh, Norway. Uh, and uh, one of my research interests is about local and regional media, local journalism. In Norway we do have a lot of local and regional uh, media and that's uh, very important to, uh, to people. Uh, but some years ago it has been a uh, little research about it, which is kind of a paradox while most of our media are local and regional. So uh, I became uh, interested in, in the local media and write my PhD thesis and, and also my master thesis about local media. And I have proceeded the research uh, afterwards. While local media traditionally was a large part of the media landscape, there's growing interest in it now, both from media scholars but also audiences. For instance, what are some of the reasons why local and regional news is widespread in Norway? I think uh, one explanation is, of course, the geography. Uh, we are a very long country uh, and uh, people live uh, the, the people live all over the country uh, it's we have many small communities and small towns and uh, many of them have their own newspaper so of course I think the geography is an important part of the explanation uh, and also uh, the local identity uh, it's kind of important in Norway the, the feeling of belonging And of course, we also have the subsidies. Small local newspapers get subsidies from, from the state. And that is, of course, important for, for the smallest one. Uh, yeah. Norway supports mostly smaller newspapers, both on national, regional and local levels. In fact, Birgit later talks about a regional newspaper that has a large enough circulation that it does not receive state funding. With so much government support, does this in any way affect or challenge journalistic autonomy? Uh, no, I don't think so. And, and it's a kind of a political uh, aim to have a, a diverse media landscape. And uh, it's considered important for local democracy and local debate to have this local and regional media and to have the, this diverse media landscape. 
But Nulis, the, the newspaper uh, I was talking about uh, here is, is a, a regional newspaper and, and does not get subsidies. It's uh, too, too big to that. How do local newspapers facilitate this public sphere? And which members of society participate most in debates and around what topics? Yeah, we, we have been researching the, the, who participates in, in the public sphere, uh, in, in the regional public sphere. And uh, we have done a case study of a newspaper called Nulis, which is published in Tromsø, in, uh, in the northern part of Norway, in the Arctic part of Norway. And uh, Nulis is the largest uh, newspaper in the north. It's a traditional regional uh, newspaper. And some years ago, they uh, launched an uh, innovation called Nordnorsk Debatt, the Arctic debate, where they collected all the opinion pieces uh, on one website, both um, from the columnists and from the audience. Uh, this was a part of a general rise in, in opinion and journalism, opinion-based journalism. They prioritized that and have several columnists, quite profiled columnists. And they also wanted to stimulate and uh, fuel the public, the regional public sphere. And they wanted people from all, all uh, of the northern part of Norway to, uh, to participate. So it's a kind of development of the traditional letter to the editor. It's, it's kind of more, more than that. And, uh, and people can write their opinion pieces and uh, submit them on this website. And you also have the possibility to, to comment and debate uh, with people who have submitted their opinion pieces. So our research, uh, earlier we have been studying the opinion-based journalism in Nulis and this was a follow-up study where we were curious about the audience engagement, who is participating, what kind of topics do they engage in, what kind of perspectives or interests in society do they represent. So that was our aim. It's research I have done together with my colleague Lisbeth Molanstø. We find several interesting things. Uh, one thing we were curious about was who is participating. And uh, of course we saw that it's the adults, not the young ones, and not uh, the elderly, but it's adults. And mostly men, uh, which is not surprising actually. Uh, and uh, we also uh, have um, split the participant groups in what kind of roles do they have? Are they grassroots people representing themselves or do they have some formal positions? And uh, we also found that it's kind of elite persons with formal positions that dominate the, uh, the debate. Mm. While the grassroots participants were about 19%. Why was there a need to begin with to increase public debate? Their aim was, uh, as they told us, to, um, to stimulate and, and they wanted to have a more vital debate and have more people to, to engage from the entire northern region uh, connected to their democratic role and facilitating debate and and of course there was also some commercial considerations because debate engage you get more shares or likes on Facebook and uh, 
you, it's, it generates online traffic for the newspaper. So it, of course, it's a part of the branding of, of the newspaper as well. But uh, it happens this parallel with that they were also prioritizing their opinion-based journalism. Uh, and we also found it interesting to compare the topics. What are what kind of topics do the audience engage in uh, uh, compared to the columnists? And we find that both groups are most concerned with with politics. Uh, again, politics is very very high. But the audience did uh, highlight some topics more than the columnists: uh, health and welfare, fishery climate and also the Sami topic. So we think that shows that when you have a diverse group of participants in the public debate, it also broadens the public sphere in that way that it's some more topics. Yeah, you get a larger variety of topics uh, being uh, debated. And I think that's a positive uh, finding we, we did. But, of course, audiences are very fragmented with different interests and maybe even political objectives. So how might the interests of grassroots audience groups be different from elite ones? Uh, when we looked at the different group of participants, we also looked closer to what kind of topics do the different group of participants engage in. And there we also find some interesting uh, differences where the grassroots were highlighting other kind of topics more than the leaders and the politicians and, and the experts. So the, the, among others, the grassroots was most concerned with health and welfare more than the other uh, groups of participants. So that is also... Uh, It also showed that when you have ordinary people uh, participating in the debate, they engage in other kind of uh, topics than the, the elites and the columnists and contribute to have a broader debate in, in public sphere. When Birgit talked earlier about the different topics that appear to different audiences, she also mentioned the Sami, who are the indigenous people of Norway. So we were, of course, very curious to find out how the Sami in particular participate in this public sphere. But we found that uh, when we looked closer to the, to the gender uh, issue and uh, the differences between men and women, we found that uh, regarding the Sami politicians, the female were the most active ones in, uh, in this debate site, uh, far more female Sami politicians participated than uh, male did. Uh, and we don't know why. Uh, we, we haven't uh, had the time to investigate it further. But uh, the Sami president is uh, female. And that is, of course, maybe uh, one of part of the explanation. Uh, and uh, in um, the Sami parliament, it's half of half by women and, and men. But in the Sami government, um, there are more female than men. So this kind of high female political representation, and that is maybe one part of the explanation. And I have also been told that, uh, in the, that uh, more female who have high education among the Sami people than, uh, than men. 
So that might also be a part of the explanation. So far, we have heard that audiences are more interested in local political news and are also more interested in discussing political topics related to their everyday life, such as health and welfare and fisheries. So how has that changed the focus of journalists in their opinion pieces? We did uh, the, this form study where we were investigating the, the opinion-based journalism. We followed Nulis over three years. Uh, and uh, during these three years, the scope of um, they prioritized the regional politics. Uh, the first year, uh, the national politics was quite a large uh, amount. And uh, three years later, it was more local and regional. So they kind of changed their focus during these three years from 2015 until 2017. Could knowing these results prompt media to adapt their content to audience interests and needs? Yeah, maybe. That could be an interesting new study to follow this, uh, this uh, further. Uh, and uh, an increased focus on uh, the regional matters is of course related to... Uh, it has been a big discussion in Norway about the regional reform. Uh, should uh, counties be uh, emerged into fewer and larger counties or not, which is quite a, it's yeah much debated and, and much disagreement and conflict uh, about also in the northern part. So that's uh, important for for that. Yeah. As we're approaching the end of this episode, we of course asked our usual final question. Exactly. What does Birgit think are some interesting areas to research in the future? Of course, I think that uh, local journalism and local media is uh, very interesting. And uh, also quite another question, when, uh, how do the journalistic uh, professional role change? Uh, among others, we see that uh, more journalists run their own business, become freelancers, uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, and the journalism which is produced outside the big uh, media companies, I think that's quite an interesting issue to uh, look closer at. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast and if you want to know more about Birgit's work, you can go to the Nord University webpage. And if you'd like to know more about our research, you can find us at the Journalism Studies Center at the University of Vienna. And our website is journalismstudies.univ.ac.at. There you can also find information on the rest of our team, Daniel Nölleke and Michael Marbacher, led by Volker Hanusch, and also our contact details if you'd like to get in touch. We hope you'll be around for our next podcast where we continue to talk about local journalism and this time with Joy Jenkins, research fellow at the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism. As always, the music you heard today is from Blue Dot Sessions and we also want to thank Lisa Kiesenhofer again for lending us her beautiful voice and Radio Campus for lending us their equipment. My name's Sandra and I'm Phoebe. Till next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>